Hey everybody, welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. It is November 18th. That's the rifle opener actually here in uh, near where I live in Virginia for deer. And I know a lot of folks are out deer hunting this weekend. Um, we're still kind of in that magical time of year. So hope you guys are having a great fall and enjoying. I am still kind of recuperating from my amazing fall. You've been following along. It's been really epic. Um, if you don't know kind of what I'm talking about, I'd encourage you to go to my Instagram at the Hunter's Quest and just check it out. Um, I've just been so blessed this fall. A lot of species firsts and my biggest deer ever. I shot uh, just recently in Oregon, which should go Boone and Crockett for Columbia Blacktail. Hopefully haven't got them officially scored yet, but um, just an amazing fall. Hope you guys are doing well too. Um, this week, I have a great episode with the CEO and co-founder of Mountain Ops, Trevor Farns. Now, um, a lot of you guys know Mountain Ops and probably use their products. Um, and Trevor has done a fair amount of podcasts, but not a ton of hunting podcasts. Um, but he's done a lot of like entrepreneurship and business podcasts because he's a great entrepreneur. And um, we have a really, really good conversation in this episode. Um it applies to like any type of business you're in, but also uh, we talk hunting, um, but we just get into a lot of really just awesome topics about jumping off, taking that risk, being an entrepreneur, what that looks like, sometimes the ramifications and how faith weaves into that and um, <clears throat> and how, you know, God has his hand on, on your life um, at every step, even if it doesn't feel like it in the moment. So um, you know, I feel like hunting illustrates that so perfectly, you know, just for example, in this last hunt, you know, uh, me and Luke had a little mishap with his scope where he ended up missing a deer on the second to last day. And we were kind of bummed. But then, you know, it turned out we kept hunting hard and the Lord blessed us with even better deer. And so that little mishap that had us bummed the day before became uh, a blessing because it turned out to be this much bigger deer. Um, so that's just a small illustration that kind of hunting provides for us a lot of times, but, um, that really applies to life where, you know, things can knock you down and you feel like you're out, uh, in life, but God's got a bigger plan. He sees the bigger picture and, and that might be a door closing for something bigger and better to open in the future. So me and Trevor talk about all that. He comes from, um, a past of like most entrepreneurs of failure, you know, um, most entrepreneurs fail a couple times before they succeed, you know, not always, but failure is a big part of life for everyone. And it's, it's really how you respond to that failure. And Trevor was able to respond well. Uh, I think his faith played a huge role in that. And it ultimately turned into Mountain Ops, which is a, you know, awesome, successful company, which I've recently become an ambassador for, which I'm super excited about because I started using Mountain Ops products years ago before I had a podcast or a show or anything. And so I love being able to partner with companies whose products I really like and already use and enjoy and believe in. Uh, and then when I can just get that natural partnership built over time, that's really the perfect situation for everybody because it's totally authentic. And um, like I said, I, I've been using Mountain, Op Mountain Ops products for years. So, And they are a big part of my weight loss journey. If you've been following along, you also know I lost about 75, 80 pounds and Western hunting was a huge catalyst for that. And I used Mountain Ops products along the way for that. I used Ignite and I also used um, uh, Blaze, which, uh, which is kind of a kind of a weight cutting tool. Um, it kind of curbs your appetite. Um, 
but anyway, um, great company. And, you know, I'd really appreciate it, guys. If you do like what I'm doing, if you use Mountain Ops products, or if you want to just try Mountain Ops, um, please do. And please use the code Quest. You're going to save 20% and you're going to be helping me out big time. And you're going to be, um, you know, getting some great products. So some of my favorites are obviously Ignite. Uh, if you need to cut weight, Blaze is a good product. Um, but I don't use it day to day. They have good multivitamins. Um, I'm about to try some other um, gut cleanse stuff they have. Um, but the other products I love are their um, performance bars, really good protein bars. Um, their slumber, I love on hunts to kind of help me get to sleep. Um, let's see what else. And uh, I usually I use Yeti mode too as my pre workout. So they have tons of good stuff and really good uh, merinos and different apparel and stuff like that. Um, and the cool thing about mountain ops is they're one of these companies that gives back. So a portion of every sale, and this is not just something they say and it's, you know, yay, but it doesn't actually happen. This is true. Like, and you can see it on their social and things like that. Every sale, a portion of that sale goes to fighting hunger in communities across America that struggle with hunger. So if you didn't know, hunger is still a huge issue in our country. A lot of kids go home, and we talk about it in this episode, without enough food uh, in their pantry for that weekend. And Mountain Ops is taking an active role in helping those families by giving back through a portion of every sale goes back to helping feed some of those families. So, you know, if you want to, you're already getting a win-win by buying Mountain Ops products. You're helping folks out and getting great products. But if you use that code Quest, you're going to get further discount. You're going to be helping me. Great products, a great mission. Um, so it's just good all around. So I hope you'll use that code Quest next time you're at Mountain Ops. Or if you're not a user, go ahead and try them out. Um, some great stuff. But enough on that. I want to thank my other partners as well. Um, Onyx Hunt, Loophole Optics, Seekins Precision, and Barnes Bullets. Uh, they make everything here possible. And um, also you guys. I want to say thank you to you. If you've been listening for a long time, thank you. If you're new, thanks for stopping by. I hope you'll continue to listen and dig back through the library. A lot of great stuff. And guys, just please help me by uh, sending the show out, sharing on social media, put it on your story, You know, shout me out, share it with your friends and family, leave me a rating and review. And of course, search my name on YouTube, Hunter McWaters, and subscribe there. Anyway, that's enough sales pitch. This is an awesome episode. Hope you guys really enjoy it. Thanks for your support, and we'll see you on the next one. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. This is your host, Hunter McWaters. Good to be with you as always. And today I'm really excited to sit down and have a conversation with the CEO and co-founder of Mountain Ops, Mr. Trevor Farns. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Hunter. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. You have a um, a really cool office. Um, some people, I just get like the, their nostrils and like a white wall. <laughs> you got a nice setup. I like it. Yeah, this is, it's all real. It's not one of those, uh, you know, backdrops, <laughs> but yeah, no, we've got a pretty incredible office here. We're fortunate to work in and uh, yeah, I've got my family back uh, this way. I oh, guess. nice. I yep. I see <laughs> there they are. That's like a five-year-old photo. So um, is that like at the Salt Lake? It's out on the Great Salt Lake on the okay. Salt Flats out there. But yeah, my uh, my son's like almost as tall as me now there, and so we've we've got to get a new family photo up there. But uh, That's and then I've got though. some of my African animals and a, a yeah. buck from Colorado, an elk from Strawberry Ridge, where I just hunted last week with my daughter. But 
And, yeah, I and saw then, she uh, got a nice bull, didn't she? Three three fifty bull. It was Whew. incredible. It's like this thing had thirds for days, and it was <laughs> um, it was unreal. We just we honestly couldn't see there was some emotion she started crying a bit then i started crying and then our guide was kind of emotional and then <laughs> uh and then when we came up on the animal we we could see that it was big but had no idea you know they had seen this bull around but uh it had been a little bit um the guides were kind of like if you can get in there and find it that'd be great but not 100 percent optimistic that would happen and and so when we found it on the ground, they were just like, oh, my. it was almost like we couldn't stop the laugh or like this just happened. This is so crazy, you know, just kind of blown away. But yeah, her first elk hunt, she's done a lot of hunting since she was little with me. But um, yeah, first time she'd been out in the in the elk woods when they're in the middle of the rut, just screaming. And it felt like we were in Jurassic Park with just uh, monsters. Yeah, all it around, does so. feel like prehistoric, doesn't it? It's it honestly does. It, it's one of the coolest things ever. And I could just even just not hunting, I could just go sit in there forever. And yeah, it feels like each of these, each of these bulls has their own personality with their bugles. And so it's kind of fun. Like, okay, I heard that one yesterday. This guy was pretty yeah. good, you know, and you, you kind of pinpoint who they, you know, who these bulls are and you kind of know where they're at, but it was, it was unreal for her to experience that um, was awesome. And I've hunted up there about three seasons now uh, my mom had her first elk hunt, her first hunt ever up there. Nice. Um, and then I, I, I hunted elk up there a couple of years ago. Now my daughter and I just plan to take each of my kids up on and to give them that experience over the next yeah. few years. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah the, I remember the first time I ever was in archery range of a bugling bull and like, it's, it's a wild, like it, like the atmosphere changes. Like it, it, yeah. it's something deep in you. It's crazy. Um, and I'm about to go. So I was actually filming on that hunt. Um, okay. I'm about to go on my, it's funny, like how God works. I was like, I'm going to, my goal is to kill my first elk this year. Cause I, I've been hunting for a long time, but I haven't, I filmed elk hunts, but I haven't been on one yet. And yeah. so, um, so that was my goal. And I ended up drawing this like amazing, like less than 1% draw New Mexico muzzleloader wow. elk tag in like one of the high demand units. <laughs> how cool. That is yeah. awesome, man. When, when is that? Uh, I leave a week from today. Cool. And then I'm going okay. straight from there to Montana to hunt right after that, the general elk season in Montana. Uh-huh. Cool. So it'd be two different, I, totally I, different hunts. Yeah, very different. I've not, uh, you said New Mexico? Is mm-hmm. that where you're heading? Yeah. yeah. I've never, I've never hunted down there, but I've done a few archery elk hunts up in uh, Montana and uh, awesome experience. I've, I've yet to get an elk with my bow. I drew my limited entry couple years ago and i mean i've got story after story of all the stocks we put on and the close close calls and then the last night i actually sat in a tree stand for uh probably 12 hours one day just waiting it was like my last ditch attempt (laughs) and i'm not a tree stand guy i've I've never really done it i'm actually afraid of heights so sitting up there and i didn't have a didn't have a tree harness uh and so i was just you know up there practicing drawing back on the bull and everything or on the bow and and right before um last light there's there was a couple bulls that came in but not within a distance that that was yeah. uh, achievable so um but we we put in the effort and uh hopefully in a few more years i'll draw that tag again and i know yeah. that where they're at but, sitting in a so. tree stand all day is a different skill and it's uh i mentally can't i grew up hunting tree stands so you know but still i i can't go more than three or four hours usually but but uh anyway man um I do want to jump in to the good stuff here because we could just probably chat all, right. all day, but, <laughs> um, but, uh, so you've done quite a few podcasts, but not a ton of hunting podcasts. 
And I actually I listened to the one you did with the Forbes, and that was like yeah. amazing. Um, and I feel like a lot of hunters obviously know about mountain ops and use your products. Um, and I, I've been using your products for years, even before I started a podcast or anything. Actually, I made a post about it recently when I kind of joined on as an ambassador, but, yeah. um, I, I lost like 75 pounds. Of course, that's not all just cause of mountain ops. I was hard work and right. nutrition, but I did use some of y'all's products as tools in there to help me. Um, that was a crazy journey, but ah, congrats. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, man, all I was trying to say was I usually try to hit things at like a little bit different angle if people have been on a ton of hunting podcasts, but you haven't. And I feel like a lot of people, even myself, like who's been around mountain ops for a long time, use your products, um, don't really know the story. So like when I heard that Forbes yeah. podcast, I was like, whoa, this is fascinating. So I do want to hear the story and, and talk about you as well. And then I want to kind of transition that into, cause you're also an adult onset hunter, which is a different kind of, uh, like for a guy like me, I was doing it since practically I can remember. Yeah. Western hunting is new, but I've been hunting since you know a young child. So I kind of want to get some of your your um, takes on that as an adult onset hunter. But cool. um, right out of the gate, I know you took a massive entrepreneurial swing, and it didn't pan <laughs> out quite the way you were hoping. But let's start there and walk me through your journey, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and it, it, this is great to be doing this on a hunting podcast because I've we thought the same thing. Hey, we keep getting invited on all these podcasts, you know, and, and the, the business is being recognized in different areas and such, but, um, we need to tell the story to more of our community because it is the, the hunt, the hunting community is our community and, and yeah. that's where we focus. It's where we put our efforts. It's who we are. Um, and, uh, so I appreciate this opportunity, but yeah, yeah um, you know, I, I come from a, and a home where, my, my father wasn't uh, necessarily an entrepreneur. He was a CEO of a hospital network. Um, mm. and so he ran hospitals, did the education route out in DC, went to George Washington university oh, okay. and, and such. And that's actually where my parents got, uh, got married. And, and then, um, you know, but I do have brothers that kind of went down this entrepreneurial path and I, and I wanted to follow it. I, I got a little taste of it in high school, starting my own business out in close to, to, to your headquarters there in Washington, DC. It was called nice. DC home care. I okay. was in the the more durable medical equipment in my senior year of high school. I was shipping product out of my uh, wow. my garage there. Dang man! And then uh, <laughs> so I I kind of got a taste of it a little at a young age. And then when my wife and I got married, I started working for my brothers in a very entrepreneurial sales environment. We were selling pharmaceuticals, um, and I basically had a phone book. I was working out of calling companies, wow. trying to trying to kind of broker deals between you know supplier and and purchaser. And, um, and I, I loved it. And we were creating a commission that ultimately we were, we were just putting away my wife and I, we were dedicated to putting the money away so that we could start our own business. And that was the goal. And in 2007, after having done that for a few years, we had enough saved up and, uh, we had a few opportunities that were presented to us and we felt like, okay, this, this is the time. So two of the opportunities, one was in real estate. Honestly, had I known what was right around the corner in 2008, I, <laughs> yeah. I would have, Steered clear, ran from those opportunities, but we invested in them, lost our shorts on those ones. Mm. Um, and then the bigger one, though, was a franchise that we bought into. And, uh, you know, everything looked perfect on paper. We penciled it all out. Everything, you know, the spreadsheets were great. And uh, Can I ask what the into... franchise was? 
Yeah, you know, I know I typically don't like share the name just because I don't want to throw somebody under the bus. But it was yeah. a, a retail franchise selling cell phones. Okay. Um, okay. And so, yeah, that kind of gives you a glimpse into it. And yeah, I, that's plenty. At the time, there was there was a lot of people in in our community that were buying into this franchise, and I thought, you know, there's kind of this big frenzy right now. I'm not just going to buy one. I'm let's let's buy seven. I don't know why we came up with seven. It was <laughs> like, let's do seven. We had saved up enough money. And uh, had a few other people that wanted to invest in it with us. So we just said, let's let's go big or go home. We were young, naive, honestly, a little bit stupid. My, my wife, not my, myself. I was like, let's do this, honey. I can do it, you know, and uh, bought seven franchises, seven franchise fees that we paid, um, build out seven stores, inventory seven stores, hired seven friends to run those stores. And then we signed personal guarantees on each of those retail locations mm. and um, finally opened up these stores. Super excited. But we were already like, man, we've got a lot invested in this. We need sales quickly. Cash flow all of a sudden became a thing. Working capital became a thing that sometimes I just didn't pencil out as uh, enough. Yeah. And so um, within three months of opening up those doors, uh, we ha actually had to close them down. The franchise side of things, there was some some things that happened out of our control. Um, and all of the franchisees had to kind of put on, uh, you know, they, they were put on hold, put on pause. And we just couldn't withstand the the hold while we were in this this holding pattern, waiting to see if we could open our doors back up. And so we had to back out. And now there's all these landlords we were working with that they were experiencing the the, the struggling times of 2008, the economic times, and mm -hmm. especially in real estate. And they wouldn't work with us. And so they started putting liens on our property, on our personal home. And we worked out some deals with some, but it just started to add up one thing after another. On top of that, I had just gone from being employed to self-employed, and there was a little mix-up in our insurance at the time, and uh, my daughter ended up in the hospital. She was two months old. Oh, man. And uh, she was there for a week, and a week-long stay at a you know primary children's yeah, hospital. Yeah, without insurance, that's and... killer. So she was uninsurable, and for three years had to be had to be put on a this certain medical plan that it would allow her the medication that she needed for the next three years, and and it was it was expensive for us, and so in order to pay for those bills, we stopped paying on others. And we, we stopped paying our mortgage for almost two years. There was so much going on in real estate at the time, we didn't get evicted. And we, we would have paperwork served to us, you know, left and right. It felt like every week we'd get served mm. foreclosure, you know, um, paperwork. And then ultimately, um, our house was up for auction. And time and time again, um, there was just miracle put in place that allowed us to stay in that home. And, you know, we're a faith-based family. We really, during those times, we came together um, and relied upon God to just help us through, to help us take the next step that at that time in life, um, we were a young family. We had just been married. You know, we got married pretty young and started having kids right away. And all of a sudden my roles and responsibilities in life changed. I was to provide, preside and protect in this home and over this little family unit. And I felt like I did a great job for a few years, you know, putting the money away, providing and, and, and such. And then all of a sudden it was just wiped clean hmm. and to the point where we had no money in the bank account. And I honestly felt like I was failing in each of those regards, providing, presiding, protecting these, these children and my wife who deserved so much more than what I was providing. But, but they never, especially my, my wife and kids, they never made me feel like a failure. They didn't care. They wanted my time. They wanted my attention. They needed me there. They wanted me to come home from work and they were excited for that. And, you know, a $5 pizza on Friday nights. That's what we looked forward to for uh, a, a long period of time. And my wife never let go of that goal of ours to, to see That's this awesome. through, to find, to, to build a business that would uh, not only provide for ourselves, but for, provide for others. And she was good about saying like, look, we're going to have to pivot. This isn't working, but let's, let's move to something else or let's point this direction. 
uh, let's not leave the goal, you know, let's, let's leave that where it's at and keep our eyes on it. But you know, things, things come up, things change. So let's just pivot along the way. So I had that type of support at home. And, uh, so I went, went through the, those two business failures and then there was probably about three or four others that after we were just like <laughs> struggling to figure out. And it felt like over time as the bank account dwindled to nothing, like my desire to replace that just got more and more. And I became more and more transactional, just finding whatever I could to put money in the bank account. Um, not that I was willing to do unethical things or anything, but right. I just became transactional. I just need, needed money for my family and, and that was it. And, uh, and I lost track of kind of who I was as a mission driven individual, mm. um, very principle based mission driven. That's kind of how I was taught to be as a, you know, in my, in my childhood and with my, my family. And, uh, and I wanted that and I was praying for it just, you know, for God to present something to me that I could really sink my teeth into. And at that time, my dad was going through some, some difficult times with his health, uh, with his, with some heart disease. He had just had a couple stents put in his heart. They didn't know why he didn't have a heart attack. And uh, they told him after these stints go in, you'll have open heart surgery in about five years for sure. And uh, his dad died of a heart attack. My mom's dad died of a stroke. So I've got heart disease in my family. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's something that, you know, I've wanted to prevent. I'm, I'm an ath athletic individual. I like to stay fit and, uh, and, you know, have proper nutrition as part of my, my lifestyle. So I always like that, that type of uh, lifestyle, but at that time, I actually, let me see if I've got it right here. I picked up a book uh, called No More Heart Disease. And it's oh, okay. not typically a book I would read. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> nerdy, you know, and, and a, lot, a lot of chemistry in it. But my dad was going through this and it was how to prevent heart disease, strokes and, and heart attacks. And the NO stands for nitric oxide. So I actually read through this, read about all these ingredients that produce nitric oxide in the body. And I took the book to a chemist friend of mine and uh, asked him to read through it. The ingredients that was sharing would could benefit my father. He whipped up a concoction for me and we put my dad on it. Within three days, he started to feel his fingers and toes again. He hadn't felt them in years because wow. of his horrible neuropathy and uh, had really bad blood pressure. And all of that started to kind of turn around. So I knew I was onto something, but uh, yeah. didn't know how to do it because I was now fresh out of money. Like there was absolutely nothing, no resource for me to work with. And so I went to a few of my brothers who, you know, had seen success and asked them if they wanted to invest in this with me. And they helped me buy my first 350 bottles of this product. <laughs> it's now called Enduro in the Mountain Ops lineup. Oh, okay. That is the, that's wow. the product that started it all. But it was, we, we originally launched it under a different brand, a different name. And I started selling through doctor's offices. In fact, yeah. I built the site. I thought, you know, if you build it, they'll come. I thought we'd be an online sensation. And it was difficult. I was building the, doing the labels, building the website, doing customer service, shipping the product out of this little one room office. And the first order that came through our site was uh, actually a chiropractor out of California. And I, the next day I called that chiropractor acting like this happened all the time. And I didn't <laughs> want course. him to know this is the first purchase and uh, asked him what he was buying it for. And he said, it's for my patients that have blood pressure issues and neuropathy issues, the exact reasons why I built this for my nice. father. And so I just went to town knocking doors of every chiropractor in the state of Utah and then started spreading out throughout the country. And we built a business selling through these doctors and built up a product lineup that was pretty incredible, seeing a lot of results within these doctor's offices. And uh, so things were slowly starting to improve financially for us, but it was it was a slow, steady process. My we started to recognize what food insecurity was all about, you know, and and we've done something with that. We can talk about that in a bit Absolutely, with our yeah. operation Conquer Hunger, but um, but that was like 
we weren't paying our bills. We were starting to grow this business. We were struggling to feed our children, just still in the thick of this. And and at the time, while this business was growing, I, I had this desire to be in touch with the end consumer. Like I, I was selling through doctor's offices, hoping they'd share with me, hey, this is what's going on with my patient, this and that, you know, and I'd get a little bit of that. But I'm the touchy feely type of guy. I want to know what's happening in their life. You just yeah. lost all that weight through, you know, through hard work, dedication, nutrition, and part of, part of you know, it was supplementation with Mountain yeah. Ops. I love that. I love being a part of that process. And I was praying for an opportunity to to know where I could take this product I had created to an end consumer that I could kind of be a little bit more in touch with. And uh, and then I was introduced to a few a few guys. Um, needed some branding and marketing help with that business, and so I was uh, introduced to a marketing agency. Um, the Harbertson brothers and Joel Pilcher um, were the owners of that agency, and as I talked to them about the needs of the business I was currently running, they were telling me about all the marketing they were doing in the hunting industry. Hmm. And I just asked, "Is there a place for supplements like this in hunting?" And their <laughs> eyes kind of lit up, you know. And, and they said, "There's this big hunter athlete movement. This is 2014." And there's brands like Under Armour, Yeti, Sidka that are all kind of leading this charge, but there's not a consumable brand with products like yours that are that are leading this, you know, in a significant way. And so if we brand it right and if your products work good and taste good, then we could really go out this together. So we decided to partner That's and all amazing. of a sudden the brand Mount, Mountain Ops was born. Um, mountain to, you know, we live in the mountains here. We love it. It's our it's our playground. Uh, but those mountains more so represent the mountains people face in life, the the challenges they might face or the, the goals that they're trying to achieve. Mountain Ops wants to be a part of it. And the Ops is outdoor performance supplements. And uh, so we we came out and just really resonated with this community in a big way. Yeah. I didn't understand the community completely. I was just fueling this passion because, like yeah. you said earlier, I, I came into hunting later in life. And it was through Mountain Ops that I started hunting. Um, but I, I had this passion to just fuel the passion of these individuals. It was a, kind of this cultish following with individuals. I, I, I couldn't believe they were waking up at 4 a.m. to be out there suffering on the mountain, and they loved it. And I, I didn't quite understand it, but I saw that we had an opportunity to fuel it, and that was that was what I was praying for and hoping yeah. for. And I started to see that these people were transforming their lives with our product and with the community we started to build. So Yeah, and I mean, you guys have done an amazing job building a brand that people want to identify with. And speaking for my, you know, self, because I got into Western hunting about four years ago, and that was the same time. It was kind of hand-in-hand hand that my fitness journey was happening because I was getting in shape for yeah. a hunt. And that yeah. was kind of one of the other parts of the equation that really helped me kick into shape. But um the other thing too I want to talk about, which I, I I just as a customer first and not a content creator because I wasn't even doing anything at that point. Um, I didn't realize this till last night. I was thinking about it, but one of the things that I loved about Mountain Ops is it seemed like you guys were operating off an abundance mindset, and I think that comes from you, you know, into the culture of the company but which i want to talk about that later but it's the company that like you know your first order they send me a free shaker or you know just like little stuff but it's like they're not trying to be stingy and like hey five more bucks and you can get this they're like just sending me shirts and hats and like shakers and stuff so it's like oh this this is cool they like they give back and then i know that's a huge part of what you guys do with the um conquer hunger um and so i want to talk about that a little bit and isn't it amazing how god 
took something that the enemy used, like, ha, I'm going to destroy this dude, you know, like make his businesses <laughs> fail. And then that brought you through experiencing hunger in your own family. And then like your faith in God and you guys just suplex that into a successful business now where you're feeding the hungry. So maybe talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. And I, mm-hmm. I believe God gives us perspective moments in life that we have a stewardship over. And if we choose to see them as such, we have an incredible opportunity. Sometimes those moments happen and we just see it as a difficult time and it passes us by. But if we can see uh, with eyes that God would want us to see in those moments, there are incredible things more so than had things just gone our way, we wouldn't be here. Like we, because we were there, we're here now. And uh, because we chose to see, and because we recognize that God has a, uh, you know, there's, there's purpose in every pain, um, that my father that just, uh, that was my inspiration back in the day. It, uh, he is my inspiration still today. He actually passed away three months ago. Oh, man, um, hear that. Tra- tragic fall. He fell down uh, a large flight of stairs and broke his neck. So it was very Oof, abrupt for our wow. family. Very, uh, very difficult time right now. But yeah, my man. mom sat us down the day after his funeral and she opened up her scriptures and she said, she read one line and it says, and I do this for a wise purpose. And then she challenged us in those moments of, of difficulty and challenge and, and struggle to look for the wise purpose in everything we're going through. So that's the kind of environment I grew up in that I can st- continue to have today with my father and with my mother and with my family. But And that's the, that's the attitude that we have here at Mountain Ops. And uh, it's to look for the wise purpose in everything that we're doing. So when my family was going through those difficult times, and food was on, you know, the, the topic of conversation all the time. We we had our eyes open to a need. We in our Davis County School District here in Utah, uh, it's one in four kids that go home on the weekends without enough food in the pantry. Wow. And uh, my family was now that one in four. There's certain areas right here in our in our county that it's 75% of the kids go home on the weekends. They, during the Whoa. school day, they have breakfast, they have lunch provided to them, but then they go home at night and there's nothing in the pantry. And especially on the weekends, they go home. And there's nothing there for them. And so we started to recognize that because we were going through it. And uh, and we decided during those times that, hey, there's something God's got to be teaching us. This can't just be yeah. to, to beat us down, to beat us down. And we just are failures. No, we're not here to fail. We're here to conquer. And uh, so we tried to see that. And oftentimes it was through our faith. Uh, it was opening up the Bible together as a family and reading um, stories of Jesus and miracles that occurred. And the one that stood out to us all the time, and it's depicted right here in this uh, loaves and fishes behind us was when Jesus took a few loaves and a few fishes and he multiplied them for the masses. Yep. And so my wife and I made a commitment to each other. As soon as we have a few loaves and a few fishes, not when the boat comes in full, because we didn't know if the boat would ever come in full. We yep. weren't in that mindset of like, Hey, we're going to have just so much to give. But as soon as we had a couple loaves, a couple fishes, like, few resources to work with, we would multiply them. And we didn't know that it would be for the masses even. It didn't matter. What mattered was God would, uh, he was giving us eyes to see, and we had an opportunity to understand the need and the difficult times somebody might be going through. So let's do something about it. So it started with a $22 donation my wife and I made in a time when we didn't have $22 to give. And it was going to children in Malawi, Africa. That would feed one child for a month. And then you know, that went on for a little while. We made this commitment to each other. We would continue to do that. In fact, I used to build little presentations on a business that I would build 
that would allow me to feed hungry children. I didn't know what that business would be, but I knew like I had pictures of these kids with bowls, you know, lining up in a line. And I was just like, okay, we've got to figure out a way to, to do this. Hmm. We started mountain ops and all of a sudden all these correlations came together. I was now out on the mountain hunting for food for my family. That's what intrigued me most about hunting initially was I could go out and I could bring food home for my family who's been struggling to have yeah. food in our pantry. And I loved it. And I started to do that. And then at the same time, while we're out hunting, we're providing nutritional supplements to people uh, to supplement their nutrition, spending 200 bucks a month sometimes with us. And at the same time, there's people that can't even fathom maybe a meal or two a day. Yeah. And so there's all these things coming together. And I thought, okay, this is, this is the moment that God's giving us to do something with these loaves and fishes that he's yeah. given us. With every order that comes through Mountain Ops, let's provide a meal to a child in need. It ties into nutrition. It ties into our hunting community. It's, it's, you know, it's about providing. And there's an abundance mentality. What I've found is that when you multiply your resources, when you give of your resources, which aren't, aren't ours, they're gods that he's given us, yep. it comes back 12 baskets full. Just in yeah. that, like in that story with the loaves and the fishes, all of a sudden you, you send it out and it just comes back and it comes back and it comes back. And when a community kind of comes together in that effort to help people conquer more physically, spiritually, mentally, socially, but we're going out to these vulnerable children, uh, it's it's just unstoppable. And so in June of this of this year, we did an event actually up with Mountain Tough up in Montana, and we hit our five millionth meal being donated through Operation Conquer Dang, Hunger. Dude. That's awesome. I would have never. Uh, you know, five million meals. I, I when we set out, I didn't, I didn't know where it would go. But now it's just a matter of time before we hit the the ten million mill mark. And it's because a community's come together. We've created a system where um, the resources that God has granted us and, and the perspective that He's given us in life can be um, shared with those that uh, that are in need. And I even think, you know, we do feed a lot of children, but we also feed families, and uh, and we. We help. I think of fathers and mothers that are going through struggling times like my wife and I did. And just the stress and the burden you feel on your shoulders when you can't give those basic necessities. I am so grateful that, uh, you know, there's fathers and there's mothers out there that we're hopefully removing some of that burden from from their shoulders, from their yeah. mind, from their heart. And with these kids, yeah, we're putting food in their bellies, but we're also removing a distraction from them. They, You know, now they can succeed a little bit better in school because they can focus. They don't have mm -hmm. that hunger inside of them. Um, with relationships and such. So we're, the whole goal is to help them know that they were built to conquer and hope, uh, you know, build some and inspire some hope and confidence in them. And that's what Mountain Ops is all about from the food we give to the supplements we provide to the community we've built. It's all about inspiring people to conquer more in their lives. Yeah, it's so good, man. Um, I love that. And like, <laughs> yeah, I just love that. Um, I always resonate with the boy in that story of the loaves and fish. Um, it's cause you know, yeah. God takes what we have, right? Like he doesn't expect us to come perfect. And like you said, with a boat full of fish, he takes a humble young man who doesn't have a lot, but he just gives what he's got. And then Jesus multiplies it. Um, and it, yeah. it you know, some people call it abundance mindset and it is, but it also, you know, the law of reaping and sowing. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. farmer puts out a hundred seeds, you get tenfold back. That's the whole way farming works, but yeah. it requires a faith element. You know, like if you're too stingy to throw out your seeds, you're never going to reap that harvest, man. And I think, um, I don't know. I think that some of the success of mountain ops is, I can't, it's gotta be attributed to that. Yeah, no. And it, and it comes together with an entire team kind of believing that way. When 
it, it can be an individual that, you know, starts something up or, or comes up with an idea. But for me, I'm a simple, my, I'm a simple man. Like, and, and it required our core value of interdependence has meant so much to me because it's through connection that we've, that we've ultimately conquered and seen some success through this, you know, originally, initially the connection with my family and the support they gave me through the struggling times. And they give me still today was crucial building a team of, qualified and incredible individuals who believe in the mission and they believe in the core values that drive us to that mission. It, it creates an ability for us to collectively do things we couldn't do independently. And then ultimately for me and our number one core value at Mountain Ops is recognizing God, having a connection with him and acknowledging his hand, even in the workplace, it just brings a strength and an ability above and beyond anything else. And so um, recognizing that the people that have come into my life, they've come into my life because God's put them there and they're such mm -hmm. a blessing to me. They are the secret sauce to mountain ops and the gifts and the qualities they've been given by God. And then they contribute them to uh, this mission uh, has just allowed us to do so much. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's definitely the, the culture here at mountain ops is an abundance culture. It's, you know, looking for any ways that we can give back to help improve people's lives. We, um, and, and part of that starts within the culture, within the walls here, you can't give what you don't have. So we believe in practicing what we preach, mm -hmm. you know, the conquer more challenges and the fitness challenge, everything we do that here at mountain ops so that when we're helping people, um, we can have empathy for what they're maybe going through and, and, uh, help them along the way. So, yeah, man. Um, there's, there's, there's so many things I could, I could say, it. um, but I love it, man. It's so good. Um, did you feel, I got to ask, like, did you feel, uh, you know, you're coming off those, those, um, you know, those, uh, challenges, I guess, financially with your business and stuff. And we all know how failure feels. At least most of us do who, you know, swing for the fences. Did, did you have, did you have to deal with a little bit of imposter syndrome, you know, when you're coming to your brothers asking for investment, like I, you know, I found this supplement. It's almost like I got this snake oil, man. It works. I swear, you know, <laughs> what's that like? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've dealt with that a lot throughout my life. Just that feeling of imposter syndrome and, and inadequacy and, and such. Um, fortunately at the time, I think my brothers understood some of the reasons for the failure. It wasn't all because yeah. of me. I, they, they, they definitely would have counseled me to not go so big right out the <laughs> gates. Like, Hey, figure out if one of them works, then scale yeah. from there. They, they even gave me that counsel before I did it. So, so yeah, that was, you know, you have that in the back of your head, like, Hey, I've, already failed do you want to do you want to invest with another failure um but they also understood what had just happened on the franchise level and such they were actually also involved in some of those real estate investments with me so they you know they they knew who i was yeah, and they sure. they understood my my character i i think there's a quote a friend of mine once said that uh, success is knowing that those who know you best love you most mm. and so you know having family around me who knew me best they, they knew that why did this happen and who you are and you know, how you're going about things. They, they knew I wasn't, you yeah. know, going to swindle or, or, uh, sure. or, you know, take their money and, and run in any, any form or fashion. So they trusted in me and I trusted in them. And so we had that type of relationship. Um, but yeah, there's always been, I still to this day, just a feeling of inadequacy, um, and, you know, with what we're doing and how we're doing it. And, you know, I go into meetings with my team and I'm just, I hear, Yesterday, I met with our sales and sales ops team, and they, they each went around the room talking about what areas of the business they own and their responsibilities. And I listened to the things that they're all doing that I just, I couldn't do. And I'm just, I just feel so blessed. But sometimes there's that imposter syndrome, like, oh man, I, yeah. how do I add value to this? Or 
how do how can I improve this situation when there's so many individuals that are just so much more qualified than me? But uh, no, yeah, fortunately, my, my brothers, they, they, they trusted in the opportunity. They saw the product and the benefit it could bring to our father as well. And, oh, yeah, and they, they, they wanted to see that through uh, as well. And especially once the first prototype before they really invested was working in his life, then there was a belief that, okay, the <laughs> yeah. product works. Now you just have to figure out a way to get some distribution on it. Right. Yeah. That's good, man. Um, talk to me a little bit about um, how the entrepreneurial mindset that you have, because it is a mindset, it's a lifestyle, and it's like a decision. It's kind of like you said, your your mission um, mission oriented, mission focused, and you know, for a lot of us, you know, a paycheck is just not a mission. You know, it's like you said, it's transactional. It's not, you know. People aren't motivated by a paycheck usually. At least I'm not. Um, some people are, I guess. But um, talk to me a little bit how your faith interplayed with this mon- uh, entrepreneurial mindset that you had. You know, I kind of have an idea where I wanted to go, but I'm interested to see how what you what you think about it. Um, yeah, I mean, to be an entrepreneur and to go out on your own and to te- it, it is a test of faith, to be honest with you, and and. Uh, I believe that God can move mountains, but you've got to show up with a shovel and you've got to, you've got to be willing to, yeah, to you got to put your work, loaves and you know? fish in there. You got, you got to do that work. So, um, yeah, my, my faith has meant everything to me, but it, and it, especially through those struggling times, being a mission, I think mission driven individuals have an ability to endure the test of time and they have the ability to be resilient. So if there's a mission that's involved in what you're doing, then, you know, no matter how high or how steep the mountain is, you're going to climb it, Um, especially when that mission ties close to home. And it was for my father. But then you look around our country and initially it was heart health. My father was facing it. Our family faces it. But millions and millions of people across the country and throughout the world are facing that. So I I thought, you know, it all starts with one. For me, anything I do, it's like, okay, I'm going to start with one. And it was my dad. And then the next one's going to be the individuals that came into our office last week that we just announced that they won our Conquer Fitness Challenge. This business was built for James Stone. He was here last week. He had lost a ton of weight, uh, put on a ton of muscle, but it, that was, that was one part of it. But he, his mention is like, you should see me as a husband, as a father, you should see the mm-hmm. things I'm doing with my kids. I can go hike them out. And so, um, my faith was st- super ingrained into it because I, I look at things on, on more in my life, at least in a more eternal perspective and more, I try to take the, the, the lessons that I've learned or the experiences I'm having and say, okay, how, how would God want me to kind of view this? And I'm with this business involved in people's lives and improving their lives. And yeah. when you take somebody and you work with them through a physical transformation uh, and if you do it in the right way, it doesn't, it's, it's much more than, than physical. It becomes spiritual totally. and it becomes social. And what happens is the connections in their life become most important to them. And yeah, they want to do it because they're going to go hunt an elk or they're going to do this or that, but then they're only doing that for seven or 10 days. Yeah. Their life changes with the people that they live with. And then their connection to God, if they're a faith-based individual, like uh, they're, they're now more in tune they're setting their day up in a routine that allows them to, to kind of focus more on the things that matter most in life, which are relationships, mm-hmm. family, friends, people we work with, and ultimately God. And so I hope I'm answering your question the right way, but I, no, yeah, I totally. feel like, um, you know, just there's no right the ability, you know, yeah. And I think 
I think if anyone's going to go out on a limb and be an entrepreneur, you've, you've got to know that um, it's going to take time and it's going to take effort. And I hear people talking all the time about time. And uh, if I just had this time, I could get this done. If I had a little bit more to do this or whatnot, my core value of recognizing God is that God is, he's the one that gives us the time we have. And so he must know the time we need. Our issue is that we prioritize the wrong way. And so our energies get, get yeah. exhausted in the wrong things. And so, you know, find a mission that you can attach yourself to, uh, rely upon God, but know that through that, you know, uh, it's going to, it's just, you got to withstand the test of time and with God's help and your faith, like things can happen. I, I feel like people jump from one thing to another too quickly mm. um, just because they don't see the result uh, quick enough. And I just yep. feel like if you stick to something that's good, there's a mission behind it and you stick to it long enough, most people would succeed. I think they stop a few feet from gold, right? And they, yep. they look beyond the mark and it might be right in front of them. But my relationship with, with my Heavenly Father has meant everything to me because during those times when I just felt like I couldn't take one more step, when I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders, when I was up a canyon sitting on a rock, you know, sobbing, <laughs> wondering what I do next, it was, it was his love. It was his strength that I felt like, okay, I can take one more step yeah. and, and, I'll, and I'll see where that step leads me. And... Uh, you know, I just have tried in my life, not not perfect at it by any means, but tried to just let God prevail. Um, and as I've stepped back from things over time, I, you know, one day I was leaving this office and I saw in my rearview mirror this this incredible, beautiful office here, here at Mountain Ops. And I just thought, OK, I would have never imagined this. I didn't. And most of the team here would say we didn't have a crystal ball that said, look at where we'll be in this many years. Look how this is going to turn out. No, we just it's a day at a time. It's one yeah. step at a time. But then you do step away, you look at everything that's been created and the people that have, are a part of it, and you just thank God because he's brought this beautiful thing together. Sure, and uh, and so just letting God prevail each day of our lives, uh, I have found, is one of the keys that has given me more success in life than anything else in yeah. so many realms of life. Yeah, man, that's, that's really good. There's a lot of stuff in there. but um, And you hit on it too, which is, um, for me, a lot of times what it means is just like – not being afraid to fail, right? Like not being afraid to take those big swings because you know that God's good. And, you know, if you're his child, he's, he's got you, you know, he's a, he's a provider. He's not going to let you utterly fail. You know, you might stumble, yeah. but you probably are not going to utterly fail. So, um, so yeah, man, that's good stuff, dude. Um, I do want to, um, kind of transition a little bit into the hunting side of things. Um, just cause, Forbes wasn't really the best uh, opportunity for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they didn't go down that path. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said earlier, guys like me, I've been hunting my whole life. So it's a little almost harder for me to like describe to somebody like why I hunt or like what's the motivation or how it's improved my life. Cause it's just like always been there and it, you know, I've reflected on it. So I have some great answers now, but, um, you know, for someone who started as a like an adult onset hunter, as we call it, or whatever, um, I'm just interested in your perspective on it and how, you know, your why, but also maybe how it had an effect on you as, you know, because I, I do think that hunting is a more profound thing than just like a hobby, like golf or yeah. woodcrafting or whatever. Um, maybe I'm bi just biased, but how, if if in, if at all, has it improve your life as a father, as a man of faith, as a businessman? 
Yeah, it, and it has in so many ways. It's it's pretty incredible. My, we took my father when he was seventy seven, I think it was, on his first hunt, and uh, it's oh, interesting because wow. both my my father's family, his dad hunted, my my mother's dad hunted, and her her brothers and such, but they didn't hunt. It kind of skipped a generation. And it would have skipped another probably had we not started mountain ops because I just wasn't familiar with it. It can be a daunting thing at times. Uh, there's a lot to yeah. learn. And I grew up in the outdoors. I grew up here in Utah. We, you know, we skied, we, we did fish, we um, mountain biked and all those things. So I always loved being out um, in, in God's creations. But um, when we started mountain ops, like I said, there was this opportunity to fuel this passion, but I, it wasn't, I wasn't okay with just fueling that passion for others. I wanted to understand it for myself. For sure. I remember going to my first, um, uh, elk or it was a, uh, what was it? The hush movie night at the 2015 okay. expo. I don't know if you were there. They showed the, the, um, wasn't that your fireball video with, uh, with Eric Chester's fireball. Nice. I went to that show thinking, okay, I'm going to see this gruesome display of, of hunting and killing and this and that. <laughs> and uh, somebody even told me on the way there, sometimes these hunting films are a little bit boring. So just, you know, be prepared. And I sat there and I watched the respect that these individuals had for the animal. I saw the respect and the protection of the land. Mm. And then I saw what that animal was doing to provide nutrition and, and protein for these, these individuals and people they were sharing it with. And there was almost more respect for animal than any anyone else I'd ever kind of met. Yeah. And so I thought, wow, this is this is different than what I expected to see. And I'm super inspired to do this. So I dove headfirst in. I, I'm the pioneer of hunting in my family. But I was I was saying I took my father on his first time when he was 77 years old, antelope hunt here in Utah. Nice. And he got he got an antelope and oh, awesome. and it was awesome. Um, he he struggled a little bit with the the killing of the animal to be honest with mm. you and at the end we we filmed him and he uh he said you know i haven't fallen in love with hunting but i've fallen in love with what hunting can do for relationships mm. we were up there we were disconnected from the world we had our phones turned off we didn't have internet connection um every night i i, I filmed my father and i actually showed this the week of his uh, when he passed because um we filmed it and he he said you know the only thing i'm missing right now is is my wife there's wow. these beautiful creations I just wish she was here to see. And so I love how he stated that I have fallen in love with hunting. Um, but most importantly, I've fallen in love with what hunting can do for relationships, the mm -hmm. connection that can, can occur. It's relationships with my wife. I took her on her first hunt. It, it was a caribou hunt in Alaska. The, her oh, caribou nice. was hanging by the fireplace here at Mountain Ops. I've taken my two daughter, daughters when they were 10 and 12. It was a bear hunt their first time. My son's first hunt was a caribou in Alaska. Wow. My youngest, who was eight eight years old at the time, she's now ten. It was a blue wildebeest in Africa. Whoa. I've been to New Zealand. I've been to all these different places, and then this last week to be with my daughter um, and to watch her uh, harvest this incredible bull that uh, will now feed so many people. But then we have that that experience to share together, where we truly were disconnected from all the things that distract us from these relationships. Mm -hmm. And then we were in God's creations. And one thing that I was always taught as a kid was be out in God's creations, look at the creations, enjoy them, but make sure that they point you to him. Yeah. And so as I'm out in these creations, it's recognizing and, and talking to God and thanking him for those things. And then that ultimate relationship between, you know, one of his children and, and him is formed in such an incredible way that it's so it is it's much more than a hobby. Like you said, it's not golfing. It's not mountain biking there's there's uh, almost this spirit, spiritual aspect of being out in God's creations and uh, yeah. enjoying the relationships on this earth that he's given us to enjoy, spending time with one another. 
undistracted, undivided. It's all about time and attention. In fact, a few years ago, we did a film on my family that I don't, I don't know if it's up on YouTube yet or not, but it was called time and attention. Cause when somebody asks me, what does hunting mean to you? I think hunting, it's about time. It's all about, for me, it's about time. I'm out mm -hmm. there and that time that I get to spend with individuals uh, that I love and with God is just so, so uh, sacred to me. And so, um, and then as a business owner and being a business owner within the hunting space, last week we went out on a hunt with, with my daughter, but I took one of our employees here who had won our internal conquer fitness challenge. He, uh, for six months of the year, we have, we have our own challenge internally. And this last year, the winner got an elk hunt and they got nice. the most, one of the most prized elk hunts is up at Strawberry Ridge. And he got his first elk. And then I had two guys that we work with in the hunting industry, two partners that actually run a podcast as well, um, that came out and hunted with us. And so oh, I nice. was able to, you know, just take those relationships that were already great, but really establish them in a unique way. And, uh, yeah. and so it helps for the business, like, you know, being out, some of our business meetings are out on the mountain and, uh, having those, those dedicated times to just, um, either strategize most of the time it really is just building relationships because we can strategize later, but getting to know each other and, and appreciating each other. And then after that, let's, we'll go back to the office. We'll get some work done, but uh, those relationship building opportunities are incredible. So, for sure, um, but yeah, relationships for me, it's connection and through yeah. connections we conquer. Uh, but initially it was that food that I was going after, you know, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then it evolved into uh conservation and it evolved uh, most importantly to um to connection i i uh i had the opportunity to interview jim shockey at one point a few oh, years nice. back and uh and i asked him you know you've been all around the world you've been uh you've hunted every animal you've hunted in every continent you've hunted in and i said what's your greatest achievement and, and you know ultimately said those are all great but they pale in comparison to what my wife and i have created with our children and he's used hunting as a way to kind of build those relationships with his children. And I see hunting as the exact same thing for me and my family. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, nothing will quite cement a friendship like, um, hey, nice to meet you. And then nine days, 24-7 together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because, like, shared experiences, especially difficult ones, and usually mm -hmm. on a hunt, it's not always, you know, peaches and cream. You're, you're out there struggling and, and you're – you're you're working towards a goal but uh you can come together with somebody that's very different than you as far as personality goes but you have the shared experience and yeah. now all of a sudden there's this bond that is incredible and so i think shared experiences over shared uh personalities are so much more powerful and and they bring people together in a unique way yeah yeah then also like what you said about um i think a lot of people do tend to not like overtly or necessarily on purpose, but like worship creation and not the creator, you know, they yeah. get so wrapped up in, Oh, it's so beautiful. And you know, the woods is my church, but you got to remember like who, who made that, you know what I mean? Like it's almost like worshiping 100%. the gift and not the gift giver. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and you know, I mean so much, I say this a lot. So people who listen a lot are going to think I'm a broken record, but we're, we're triune <laughs> beings, right? We're spirit soul and body and you know like if you're if you if you get really in shape it's going to help pull along those other two if you neglect yeah. one area like you're you know you know improving your mental fitness and you're going to the gym every day but you're not spending any time with god and like your family is relationships are going down the drain 
uh, you're going to struggle in other areas. You got to really like try to develop all three to be like a whole person um, that will have spillover benefits in your marriage and your fatherhood. Yeah. You'll probably feel more tags. You'll feel better about yourself. It's like all just, it just grows on each other. And I think like going back to hunting is like, um, it's people are always like, what's your why? It's never one thing, right? It's just like the more you hunt, the longer you're in it, they just stack up. It's so complex. It's like, it starts about the excitement and the kill or whatever. And then it's like, and then the meat and then it's like, Oh, but also I love, like you said, conservation and like, it just grows. And then the family relationships and just, it just seems to, it seems to me like as I get more into it, it just gets more and more significant. Um, so I don't know. It's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. And and every, it feels like there's so much to learn within hunting, hunting itself. And, all the tagging system and how to draw and, you know, yeah. and then the different weapons and the different territories you can go hunt, the different species you can hunt. There's so much, there's an endless amount of education to yeah, go yeah. and obtain, but then every single hunt I feel like provides a new educational opportunity. And that's sometimes with the people you're with or the challenges you face. And so for me, I almost go into these looking forward to, you know, I don't know what God's about to teach me on this hunt, but there's something I'm going to take away from this that's going to improve my life. And it yeah. might help me on the next hunt because I've now furthered my, uh, my, you know, education or growth as a hunter or as a hunting father, you know, these relationships that I'm building. Uh, but every single hunt is going to provide me something to improve my life. And it usually is in all aspects of life, physical, spiritual, mm-hmm. mental, social. And it's like you can take something away and so it just kind of grows upon and, and builds upon uh, one after another, like totally, you mentioned. So. Absolutely. Well, dude, um, I think we kind of hit most of the stuff I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I could sit here and talk to you forever, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. But um, is there anything else that you want to just say real quick in closing or uh, any thoughts? You know, uh, yeah, I just uh, – the community that's been built, and I appreciate what it takes to, to build a company like this is um, partnership. And so we appreciate the opportunity to work with individuals like you. It, that's honored. the way that we uh, – if I point the right way right here, the loaves and the fishes, that, that's how the loaves and the fishes get spread. And that can be through the food we provide. But it also could be introducing this, the, this brand and this community to somebody that's just at the end of their rope and they need some hope and confidence and, and – that uh, hope and confidence might come by them buying a t-shirt and they all of a sudden feel a connection to a community. And then they'll realize, okay, there's an opportunity to improve my, my health and my wellness, my well-being, my mental health. And, and uh, by being a part of that community, by taking these products, that's what Mountain Ops, the heart and soul of it's all about, you know? Um, and so, you know, for your listeners and for those that we're, that we're sharing this with, it's, uh, we're here to improve the lives of individuals and families. That is our goal. That's our mission. The core values you see on our website and on the wall at Mountain Ops, the, the, they're sitting right here over my shoulder. They're, those are important words, but they're, they're words that are written upon the hearts of the individuals here at Mountain Ops. It, it means something to us, and we are dedicated to really fulfilling that mission by living true to those core values that will improve the lives of individuals and families. And so, um, you know, the community that's been built that uh, supports Mountain Ops and us supporting them, it's just a, it's an honor to be a part of. I, I can't thank everyone enough. Uh, because truly through all these hands coming together, we're, we're impacting lives, we're transforming lives and, uh, and we're pointing them in a direction that really is transformative and, and, uh, helping people conquer more. So that's what we're, we're all about. And so I appreciate you giving us a voice on your platform to help share that, that message. Yeah, man. I love working with companies that I believe in and, 
and have similar worldviews and um yeah i love love what you guys are doing so and just bring it back to the loaves and fish thing you know you got the kid who brought his stuff you got jesus multiplied it and then you got the 12 somebody had to hand out the baskets man so yeah. there you go yep it's all there <laughs> very true um, community right? that's awesome absolutely man so thanks for your time dude uh i appreciate you and um you know i i'll just give you a opportunity here where can i know people already i know priority but where can people find if they want to go check out mountain ops products yeah just at mountainops.com mtnops.com and then our our social media handles are just that as well mtnops yeah um so yeah cool, you can man. find us there and uh and more than supplements too have. like i'm rocking this shirt i just got in the mail today yeah. it was just because i thought it was cool like y'all's uh battleground merino is probably my favorite yeah. merino hoodie i've had like from like five different companies merino hoodies and uh it's one of my favorites so you guys have like really good apparel and stuff on there too but anyway man um this has been great and um looking forward to talking to you again and uh thanks for your time yeah again. likewise i appreciate it thanks hunter